I want to talk to you this morning about practicing the the presence of God. You know, this is not a, you know, I, I didn't coin that phrase. Uh, I kind of stole it from several different uh, ministers that have that have talked about this in the past, and and I even went back and and uh, Brother Lawrence back in the 1600s coined the phrase. That's that's how far it goes back. Practicing the presence of God, and you know I don't think that there's anything that that's more important in our relationship with our Father God than than practicing His presence. Let me ask you this question: What, what are you thinking about right now? You don't have to answer. Just, you know, just answer it to yourself. You know, what, what are you thinking about right now? You know, I can remember over the past, you know, many years, you know, I've thought about a lot of things when I came into church service. You know, back when I was farming and it was as cold outside as it is, is today, you know, I was thinking about what I was going to have to do when I got home because the, the hog waterers were going to be froze up, you know, and I'd going to have to eat dinner real quick and go out there because, you know, especially if it got down to around 10 and the, and the wind was blowing, I guarantee you that, that they were going to be froze up. And, um, you know, I was going to spend my afternoon doing that or, you know, if they were slow on the ground, you know, I was going to spend the rest of the day feeding the cows and, and and doing all this kind of stuff and and you know every one of us come from different backgrounds and 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 we have different things that we think we have to do but you know I would challenge you this morning to to kind of clear clear all that out and and think about what is really important this morning and that's spending time in the presence of God you know, and I know, you know, and I've said this before, but you don't know what I'm, what I'm dealing with. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 8, it says, says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. We take captivity every thought and make it obedient. To Christ. You know, it's something that we can do. Sometimes it's not very easy, but it's something that we can do is, is to shut our minds off to the world and, and to what we've got going on and, and, and focus on God. You know, when we, when we put our focus on God, then all the other problems, you know, seem pretty small. They seem really small. You know, this past Wednesday, uh, Kevin Reich was here and, and, and he's a, oh, I guess for, I don't know whether he titles himself this or not, but, but for lack of better words, he, he's, a, he's a psalmist. You know, he's, he's, he's a person of praise. And, you, you know, the only thing, I guess, wrong with Wednesday night, it didn't go for about another two hours just in the presence of God. 
you know, because that, that time is, is so precious. There's, there's no time that you can spend that is more important and, and beneficial for you than to spend time in the presence of God. Look in John chapter 14 this morning, and I, and I want to, I want to start here. John chapter 14 verse 1 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know, we, we have a choice this morning of whether we're troubled or whether we're not. You know, the choice is ours. You know, the opportunity to be, to be troubled is out there, you know, on, on every side, but it's our choice as to whether we participate in the trouble or we participate in the presence of God where, where all of our answers are at. You know, it, it's our decision to whether we were troubled or whether we're at peace. It's also our decision to, to enter into his presence. You know, we, we can stand outside and look in or we can enter into his presence and experience the fullness of who he is. Two questions this morning. How do we enter in and why is his presence so important? Making a decision to seek the presence, you know, comes with a cost, but it has great rewards. Making this decision to, to enter into God's presence has a cost, but the rewards are great. You know, I can remember 20, you know, 40, 20, 40, 43 years ago, um, you know, Suzanne and I had an experience with God. And, and we made a decision, you know, from that point that, that God was number one. You know, now we haven't always lived up to that decision, I guess, but we've all, we've always stayed on, we've always gotten our track back lined up to where, uh, you know, we did the best that we could with Jesus as as the focus, as our focus, and and it come with a cost. You know, there was a lot of things that that uh, you know some of our friends and and family and 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 other people didn't understand. But but the rewards, you know, were tremendous. You know, I was talking to Pastor Kent here this past week, and and by the way, he hasn't abandoned us. He's in Carthage at the church down there filling in for Pastor Embar, which is on vacation, and it's a needed vacation. So he's down there, and Giselle's interpreting down there for the Spanish 
you know, I know that he's having a having a good time down there. So that's that's where Pastor Kent's at this morning. But uh, you know, our our decision to to remain and and to focus in in his presence, you know, has has had a lot of benefits. You know, I was talking to Pastor Kent here a few days ago, and and you know, looking back, it's it's amazing to see how many things that have come our way that we've been able to just avoid because we were in the right place at the right time, not because of who we are, but because we were focused and following Him. Amen. You know, I can remember. You know, when I worked at John Deere in, in Lockwood and, and we lived over here and, and, uh, you know, I drove back and forth for probably 25 years, maybe more or less, you know, and, and from my house there in Lamar to Lockwood, there's, there's at least 10 different ways that you can go, 10, 10 different routes that you can take. And, and the mileage is, is, you know, less than two miles difference. You know, so I, I would practice the presence of God saying, God, which way do you want me to go today? You know, which way do you want me to go today, God? You know, and, and, you know, I drove back and forth for, for 25 years and, and, you know, I only seen one wreck and I wasn't involved in it, praise God. But, but one morning the roads were slick and, and, this gal was coming from the other way, coming up over a hill, and, and she lost control of her car as about as far from me to the, to the back of the auditorium here, and she, you know, done a donut and wound up over here in the ditch. And, you know, I just kind of slowed down and just pulled over and, and, uh, you know, helped her get out of the car. But, you know, I was at the right place at the right time. And God protected us, protected me. You know, any time that it was foggy in the mornings, God would show me the, the right way to go, you know. And, you know, and I know that sounds simple, and it is simple. But you can, you can practice the presence of, the, of God every minute of the day. Every minute of the day. And I, and I challenge every, every one of you, that tomorrow morning when you get up and and do what you do and leave the house and ready to go to work or or whatever that that you purpose in your heart for the first hour I'm going to consciously practice the presence of God and say God what do you want me to do which way do I need to go what do I need to say you know what's what's the first thing that I need to do here this morning to to be in your presence what do you want me to do Matthew chapter 13, verse 8. Well, let's back up a little bit. This, this is the parable of the sower. And, and uh, you know, verse, you know, starting with about the end of verse 3, Jesus is saying here, you know, a farmer went out and, and sowed his seed, and, and he scattered the seed, and some f- fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. 
Some fell on the rocky places where it didn't have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered away because they had no root. Others fell among thorns and grew up and, and which grew up and choked the plants out. Verse eight says, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred 60 or 30 times what was sown. You know, in Genesis, it talked, Jesus, God said that everything will produce after its kind. You know, if you want watermelons, you got to plant a watermelon seed. You know, if you want wheat, you got to plant wheat. So every, everything that we sow produces after, after its kind. You know, our time that we spend with God is a seed. Our time that we spend with God is a seed. And God's presence is good ground. Amen. Our time is, is the seed that we sow in the good ground of the presence of God. In Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 it says the Lord your God is in the midst of you a mighty one a savior who saves he will rejoice over you with joy he will rest in silent satisfaction and in his love he will be silent and make no mention of your past sins or even recall them he will exult over you with singing let's look at the and, and see what this is saying this this is this is what's taking place when we're in the presence of god the Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a savior who saves. In the presence of God, there's salvation. He will rejoice over you with joy. You know, when you're in the presence of God, you know, God's rejoicing over you. And that's good news to me. That is good news because when you're in the presence of God, he's rejoicing. He will rest in silent satisfaction and in his love, he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. That's even better news. We're not coming to in his presence because of how good we are. Father, I just thank you that I can come in because of who you are and that you will receive me for who I am. Glory to God. And while we're there, he's exalting us. He's exalting over us with singing. Can you imagine that? Just kind of close your eyes and, 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 and think about what we just read here. 
He's not thinking about all the times that you've missed it. Or the times you, you messed up or fell short. He's not thinking about all that. He's just glad that you're in his presence. He's just glad that you're in his presence. You remember what it says over there in John that, that God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. Sounds a lot like same thing he was saying here in Zephaniah. Amen. You know, God's not a condemning God. There, there is, there is no condemnation for the believer in the presence of God. There is no condemnation for the believer in the presence of God. In 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 7, says, We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. What's that treasure? It's the presence of God. So that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. That's a pretty awesome verse of scripture right there. And this is everything that we've read is in the presence of God. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. So the, so that the extraordinary overflow of power is seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We are containers of the presence of God. You know, there, there's a lot of things that, that, that compete for our time. I'll be honest with you. You know, we, we all battle the time thing. You know, every, every morning when I come out here to, to, to work, 
you know, I, I like to have a purpose. You know, I, I said, well, you know, I've got to get this done today and this done today and this done today, and I prioritize that. And I always try to start with the big things. So when I get the big thing d- done, you know, the rest of the day is, is a little bit easier. But the, but the main thing is that, that when I come out here and that that I want to spend time in prayer and, and in the presence of God. Okay? But you know, even when you're out here by yourself, you know, things pop up that that's oh gosh I need to look at that you know I need to be doing this and you know I need to be doing that and there's this email and there's a message left on the phone and you know somebody texted me on the way out here and, and you know I really need to deal with that and before you know it you know first things aren't first anymore and and that time and that that I was going to spend in the presence of God is out the door and I'm and I'm doing other stuff, other stuff that needs to be done. But I haven't spent time with God, you know. And I and I don't think I'm any different than anybody else here. Everybody else is probably challenged with with the same challenges, and you know. And whether whether your time with with God's in the morning or in the evening or Noon, you know, whenever it is, whether it's, whether it's, it's praying in your bedroom or in the living room or, or outside or, you know, in your car or, or wherever it's at, you know, I've, you know, the location is, is really not that important. It's just, you know, where you feel comfortable. But we need to protect that time. Because that time is a seed. And we sow that seed into the good ground of the presence of God. You know, and, and what, what does, what does that look like? It looks different for, for different people. You know, I'll, I'll just say for me, you know, I, I can speak for myself and, you know, I, I like to come in here and, you know, Turn, turn some lights on and, uh, you know, just kind of walk, walk around the sanctuary here and, and pray. And, you know, I may walk up on, on the platform, uh, you know, no, no particular, you know, process, I guess. But, you know, sometimes I just want, I just sit down, you know, sometimes in a chair and, and just be quiet. And, and listen, and listen to what God has to say. You know, I've, I've never had, you know, I've never heard the audible voice of God, you know, like Bryce did here, you know, a few weeks ago. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I've heard that still small voice then on the inside of me that, that speaks to me and gives me assurance and, and guidance and, and direction. 
know, sometimes I, I, I don't even hear that. You know, Debbie, don't even hear that. But you know, I may go to my office and, and, and open up the word and, 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 and study the word. And, and just seems like, you know, I, I know it's not like this, but sometimes it just seems that way that, that your Bible just opens up to, to the verse of scripture that you're needing for that day. And, and you know, the answer to my prayers or the continuing continuance of my being in his presence comes through through what he says to me through his word okay and and you can and you can go the whole day that way landon you can go the whole whole day that way just continually in, in his presence, you know, and that doesn't mean that, you know, the cows doesn't get fed or, you know, the, the students don't get taught or, you know, you just lock yourself up in the room and, and shut everything else off. No, it, it doesn't mean that, but it just means that you're continually conscious of, of the presence of God. You know, that doesn't mean that you just can't become so spiritual that you're no earthly good for anything. You know, that, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. Troubled times doesn't mean that we have, have to be troubled. The answer is not in the world, but it's in the presence of God. This, this next verse of scripture here that I'm, I'm going to share with you this morning is, is a prayer that, that Jesus prayed for every one of us. Look in John chapter 17. You know, I, I like to put put my name in here. You know, I like to put it in first person that he's talking to me, not about someone else. John 17, starting with verse 15, and this is Jesus talking. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Now, them, he's talking about his disciples. But that's who we are. Okay. My prayer is not that you take me out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify, that word sanctify there means, simply means to be set apart. Sanctify them by the truth. What is the truth? His word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify 
myself that they too may be truly sanctified. You know, in, in this verse of scripture here, he's, he's not asking that, that, that we be hidden as believers, but that we be exposed and sent into the world and sanctified or set apart to represent him in this world. Did you get that? God hasn't hidden us, but he's exposed his body. Private fellowship and presence with God brings us to a place of of power for public benefit. Let me say that again. Private fellowship and presence with God, which is, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about one-on-one presence and having a relationship with, with our Father God brings us into a place of power for public benefit. The presence of God is our most powerful, is the most powerful evangelistic tool that we have. The presence of God in our lives is the most important tool that we have to evangelize. Hallelujah. He'll give you the words to say that you need to say when you're in that in that position. He'll give you insight. You know, that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit for. The word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, you know, discerning of spirits. You know, it all that all that is in his presence. Glory to God. And when we, when we cultivate that, that privilege that we have to be in His presence, it puts us in a position to be an awesome witness to the world. Look in Psalms chapter 16. In Psalms chapter 16, verse 7, it says, The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. You know, while we're in the presence of God, it, it's also a, a place of, of counsel and it's a place of correction. For your whispers in the night Give me wisdom, showing me the next thing, showing me what to do next. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't know what to do? You just did not know what to do. You know, the presence of God will fix that problem. 
You ever go to bed at night not knowing how to handle a problem that you had, that you knew you had to deal with tomorrow? And when you got up the next morning, it was just like somebody turned the, turned the light bulb on. Well, you know, if I do this and this, and, and maybe if I do this, that's the answer to my problem. Verse 8 says, because you are close to me and always available. <laughs> Holy cow. He's always available. He is always available for us to enter into his presence. My confidence will be, will never be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and soul explode with a joy full of glory. How many in here have have experienced that? Just been in the presence of God to where you thought you was going to explode. Glory to God. You know what happens when that happens? It gets on everybody else. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, all, all the, all that residue of the presence of God gets on everybody else. And everybody's blessed. Even my body will rest confident and, and secure. For you will not abandon me to the realm of death, nor will you allow your Holy One to experience corruption. For you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life, a path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. A place in the presence of God to where we can be face to face with God. I'm not there yet, but there is that place that, that's available to us. There is that place that, the, that is available to us. That's, that's what happened to Enoch. Enoch. He just got so close to God that, that God just took him. And he was no more. He just got so close to God that, that this earth couldn't hold him. How many would like to get to that place? Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to have Sandy Play a play a song here for you. It's uh, you know for me, it's it's the it's the best worship song that that I've ever heard, and it's probably old enough that a lot of you guys haven't heard it, so it'll be new to you. Okay, but uh, Sandy, if you will 
if you'll play that. You know, I believe that there's people here that's made a decision that that I need more of His presence. But maybe saying, I don't know how to do that. And if that's something that you're struggling with, I would listen to that still small voice down on the inside of you. He will give you direction. It it may be getting on your knees and pouring your heart out to Him. It it may be you know doing a a daily devotional where you get in your Bible and you read. Something every day. You know, one thing that I used to do is, is I used to read and, st- and still do, uh, Proverbs. You can read a chapter in Proverbs every, every day of the month. And then when you get to the fir- 31st, you can start over again and you can read through the book of Proverbs in a month. Proverbs is an awesome book. And, you know, there's different devotionals that you can read. But I would encourage every one of us, myself included, to, to purposefully, on purpose, consciously acknowledge the presence of God for, for an hour, first thing every morning. I, I mentioned that earlier. And if you'll do that, it'll change your life forever. Amen. Praise you, Father. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, our hearts hunger. For your presence. Father, you're a faithful God, but you never leave us or forsake us. But if we call on you, you'll hear us and come and make your home with us. Father, you're not just my father, but you're my friend. I thank you, Father, that, that, that you're not a condemning God, but that you're a saving God, a deliverer. One that sings and praises when I come into your presence. Oh, I thank you, Father, for that. Praise you, Father. That you're glad when we show up in your presence. And Father, that I pray that we would do that 
every day, all day long. Father, you're not, you're not a God of fear, but you're a God of love. That you're a delivering God. Not a God that pro- proclaims curses over his kids. But Father, we just praise and we thank you right now. For that peace that's in your presence. Father, I thank you that, that you have not hidden us, but that you've exposed us for the world to see. Father, that we are a light on a hill. A beacon to those that, that, that are troubled on every side and don't have the answer. But Father, we have the answer. And it's Jesus. Oh, I praise you and I thank you, Father, for that. Father, I thank you that you go before us this week. Father, that you'll open doors that no man can close. And Father, we'll have the boldness to go, to walk through. And Father, that you'll close doors that no man can open and you'll keep us safe. Oh, I praise you and I thank you, Father, right now for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise you. Love you guys. Go out and have a great week. Amen. Glory to God. You can be dismissed.